You're listening to the Rerooted Podcast with your host, Mandy Bates. Come on now, get washed in the water. But I'd rather stand out here in the rain. Because once you know love, it only gets harder. And I don't want to get used to the pain. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Rerooted Podcast. I know it's been quite some time since I uploaded any new content, and I appreciate you taking the time to check back in. It's been a crazy five months plus since I launched this show, and my intention back then was to provide interesting conversations with other colon cancer survivors, people in the medical field, friends, family, but true to the title I humorously chose, life decided to reroute me once again. Before I go any further, I want to take a moment and let you know that today's topic is going to be extremely sensitive and may not be suitable for all ears, especially little ones. I would highly recommend listening to this without children around, as this could be traumatic just to hear in passing. So what did I mean by life rerouting me again? To answer that question, I need to go back to April of this year when the COVID nightmare was just beginning to really take hold of the world on a level we've never seen. And it's not going to be an episode about whether I agree or disagree with everything going on. It's not my place to say what's right or wrong when it comes to people's individual beliefs and experiences. Similarly, I don't want to be political because the issue I am talking about today should never be simplified to a Democrat versus Republican slant. It's far too horrific and insidious to fall into such a category. When I was relegated to working from home, for which I am truly grateful, I had a lot more time in front of the computer and on social media. I began to see the polarizing issues rear their heads to the point where all I would read was vitriol and hate, no matter what opinion was being offered. For me, the mask issue was the beginning of a roller coaster I was not prepared for. Putting a mask on was really difficult for me, and I was pretty much having a panic attack anytime I had to do it. I made the conscious decision to avoid places that required one, and in the process began to experience some emotions I thought I had long since buried. And as the rules got stricter, I got weaker, but couldn't quite put my finger on the depths of my mental breakdown. I thought it had to do with memories from my childhood, having my mouth covered and not being able to breathe, and although that was part of it, it went much deeper. As I said earlier, I've had a lot more time in front of the computer, and during that time I went down quite a few rabbit holes, also known as conspiracy theories. And while I could spend a lot of time telling you all about them, there's only one that matters. It started with a Twitter post about children and some horrifying stories of child trafficking. I had heard the words before, but never imagined it was happening on such a global scale. And that's when I discovered Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad. OUR began in 2013 and to date has rescued over 4,000 children all over the world from sex slavery, with arrests of over 600 predators. And as Tim said in one of his interviews, one predator can feasibly abuse more than 100 children in a lifetime. As I read the stories and listened to every podcast Tim had been interviewed on, I became more and more sick mentally and physically. I mean, how can this be happening? Why would someone do this? And worse yet, why was no one talking about it? There's a movie scheduled for release in September called The Voice of Freedom, and it's all about Tim's first mission. Stars Jim Caviezel, 
The trailer alone is heart shattering. But what I found to be suspect was the trailer could not be found without serious searching on the internet, almost like it was being intentionally buried. So that made me dig more. I looked up articles of arrests and did my best to cross-reference the information on official government websites. I struggled to understand why this was not getting the attention it so desperately needed. I have to believe in my heart that if all genuinely decent people saw and read what I had been seeing and reading, there would be a major outcry of support to end this depravity. So I began posting feverishly on Twitter with the hashtag save the children, hashtag end children trafficking with articles and videos. But honestly, I'm just a nobody on there. So I'm not sure how many people saw them. What I do know is that many friends and family think I have completely lost my nut and some no longer speak to me. I was really sad about that at first, but honestly, I've lost all ability to care about that anymore. I was in one of the darkest places I've ever been in my life, and I had to own up to what the root cause really was. As a survivor of years of abuse between the ages of 10 and 19, all of which I thought I had successfully buried deep enough to never have to face again, all of the information I was reading about children uncorked that bottle, and unfortunately there was no putting the cap back on. I spent hours crying, I couldn't sleep, could barely function, and all the while tried to keep up a charade so no one really knew what was going on. All I knew is that I did not want to live in a world that allowed such evil to go unchecked and I wished that cancer had killed me. I know that sounds like I'm being dramatic, but it's the truth. I thank my husband, my daughter, and my niece for literally talking me off the ledge. I also remarkably started to feel closer to God. I'm not going to get all religious here, but I will say I asked for help through my tears one day, and it was the first time I felt some peace in my body. It wasn't until I listened to a particular interview with Tim, and he said, if you want to find God, go to the darkest places and he will be there. He was speaking, of course, about the vile and despicable missions and how he got through them with his faith. But I realized for me that that was what I had experienced too. By actually facing some of the darkness I had held inside for so long, I was seeing some light. And for me, that was God. Now, while all of this was going on, there were conspiracy theories aplenty on the web. From Pizzagate to elite pedophile rings, Wayfair selling children on their website, and most recently a troll doll with a strategically placed button that seemed to be a possible grooming method to desensitize children to sexual activity. I spent a lot of time looking into all those stories, and I'm not going to speak to their validity one way or another. That's up to every individual to decide for themselves. What I am going to speak to is possibly the worst thing that I have ever experienced in my life on August 9th, 2020. I was letting Danny sleep in for his birthday, so I was scrolling through Twitter and saw several posts saying, report this account. Now, I have learned my lesson about having a quick trigger finger with prop without proper vetting, so before I report someone, I need to investigate it for myself. Big mistake. I went to the Twitter page of the account in question and the banner photo was an adult woman's naked breasts. And while that's not something I care to see on social media, she's an adult 
and I didn't feel it warranted a report. So I decided to look at the tweets to see if the offenses were there. I was not prepared for the two seconds of video that was already playing as the pinned tweet at the top of the page. I want to apologize for the graphic description that's about to come, but I want you to understand it as I experienced it. The video was a grown, naked male standing over a three-year-old girl engaging in intercourse. I ran to the bathroom and vomited. I began to sob uncontrollably and nothing could erase the image I had just seen. Until that moment, it was all just in my head. I knew what I had read, but to see a visual of that horror is indescribable. I immediately reported the account and shared my experience so others would do the same without having to watch it. The account had been reported by hundreds of people for over 24 hours and finally got taken down. However, during that time, over 10 more accounts just like it were found and reported too. I've never been so angry, so consumed with something in all my life. I have supported many causes in my life, but this is not the same. In that moment, I decided it was the hill I was willing to die on. And by that phrase, I mean that I am willing to risk relationships, be viewed as a conspiracy nut job, and possibly lose income because I can no longer be silent. Child trafficking is the real pandemic in this world. The United States is the number one destination and supplier of child pornography, specifically child rape videos to the tune of $36 billion. It has surpassed the drug trade because a drug is sold once, a child can be sold over and over and over again. And the ages range from infants on up. It makes me sick to think about it. And honestly, I hope it makes you sick too. It should on every level. And that is why I needed to do this episode. Whenever an interviewer asked Tim what people could do to help, his answer was to donate, volunteer, but most importantly, get loud because the victims can't. They can't protest. They can't march. So we need to do it for them. If we don't, it will just get worse. Since the lockdown, there's been a 90% increase in child online enticement, especially through gaming platforms. A story Tim shared on one episode was that of two six-year-old girls who were coerced into sending nude photos to a 52-year-old predator. In another episode on the Glenn Beck program, Glenn spoke of an incident with his own child that was chilling to listen to. He's been an avid supporter of Operation Underground Railroad and helped the nonprofit organization when it was first being launched. And that is my mission with this episode. I don't know how many people will listen. I don't know how many people will want to hear about this topic and listen all the way through. But if even one person is moved to get loud, I'll feel like I did something. I'm not rich, so my donations are small, but I have a big mouth and this is something I will not be quiet about any longer. I've said it to multiple people so far, 
If I don't speak up out of fear of my world being rattled, I'm nothing but a hypocrite. I don't want to live in a world that condones this behavior through silence and ignorance. I want to be part of the solution. I want the children rescued and the vile human scum to be dealt with accordingly. Before I wrap up, I just want to read to you a story of one of the rescued children from Operation Underground Railroad's website. It just speaks volumes to what these children have gone through and what so many are still going through. And we need to do something. My name is Rama. I believed my life would always be on the streets and I would die there. I saw no way out. It was me fending for myself since before I can remember. One day, unfortunately, I crossed paths with the wrong guy. An American tourist bought me for sex when I was only 10, selling me to his contacts for years. I didn't know much about America, but what I saw was men with money and no heart. There was evil in their eyes. I thought I'd get used to all the abuse over time. I did feel numb, but I never accepted it. I always wished it could one day all end, but it seemed too good to be true. One day, I met a nice man who saves kids and told me I could leave this life behind. It took me a long time to fully believe him. He brought me to a nice place and I stayed a while. They were great people, but I got scared, so I ran away. But they never gave up on me. These caring people would find me and listen. I could see in their eyes that they cared, but it was hard for me to trust. Because they were patient and loving and never forced me to go with them, I learned in time that I could trust these people. I could feel it. The safe place is called an aftercare center. OUR connected me with good doctors so I can have the treatments and medication I need to cope with an STD I got from my life on the streets. Many Western men abused me. I decided to fly to the United States to testify against my trafficker so he could receive the justice he deserves. That gave me a lot of closure so I could restart my life. Today, I see my life differently than before. I see myself as a young man who is worth something more than just a price. Today, I have my own apartment, I'm working, and the amazing aftercare team visits me often. My trafficker once told me I would die in the streets. He was wrong. That story is one of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And that one had a happy ending. But there's so many that don't. I'll be including several links in this episode description for you to check out and draw your own conclusions. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in and allowing me to be raw and honest with you. And as always, I welcome any feedback you might have. And you can reach me at thererootedpodcast at gmail.com. I think my current situation could not illustrate this show's tagline any more clearly. Life doesn't always take you where you think you're supposed to go, but you always end up where you're supposed to be. You can pave your way.
still fall short somehow Time it slips away, we really only got today Darling, there's no looking